The network marketing industry has changed dramatically in the last decade. With the advent of social media, digital marketing, the rise of the influencer, and all the tech platforms that promise something extraordinary, how do you separate the helpful from the hype? Welcome to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream, where authenticity and relationships, simplicity and duplication are at the core of everything we focus on. The fundamentals of building still work. Join us as we go Beyond the Network Marketing Dream. Welcome, everybody. I am with Michelle Cunningham and super excited to have you on the show. I know a little bit about Michelle now. She was a big time builder, loves unicorns, loves pink, North Carolina, a couple children, vibrant personality. And she's got, for those watching the show, a beautiful background and setup. And she's still not happy with that level. But <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> excited to be with you. And thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we just moved to a new house. So I got on with Patrick. I'm like, I'm sorry that my background's not beautiful. <laughs> I'm used to having, that's like my thing. I like a really pretty background, but I got to get the installer to come in. It's a whole thing. So if this is what bad looks like. I mean, my goodness. I can see why you teach it though. You're obviously very good at it. So tell us a little bit about you, Michelle, so the guests can get an idea. You spent a long time in the industry and you're really focused on the coaching and supporting, especially women entrepreneurs in networking. Yeah. So I got involved. It's kind of a funny story. I was 23 years old, just graduated college. I was just poor growing up. I was the poor kid in town. My mom was a single mom. And so I come from like, I grew up in Connecticut, actually. Yeah. So like super poor as a kid, paid my way through college. And one of my big driving forces was just like, I just need money. Like I want to make money because like everyone who had money around me could afford things like like new outfits. And you're in Connecticut, right? Which there is a lot. Right, Connecticut. Like my dream as a kid was to have Pantene shampoo, just to like put it in perspective, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So I really come from very little and like ended up paying my way through college. And my buddy in college, he's now a surgeon, really smart dude. But he was like, listen, you should get a job as a pharmaceutical sales rep. You can make a lot of money. Like, I don't like medicine. I don't like any of that stuff, but I'm like, sweet, that's what I'm going to do. So I make it my mission to become a pharma rep. So I bland one with Merck Pharmaceuticals, great company car, the whole thing. But like two weeks in, I'm so bored at this job. It's just boring. And I'm like, is this what we're doing for the rest of our lives? Like I'm looking at the older people doing this. I'm like, you like this? (laughs) And uh, my coworker, Sam was kind of this cool dude. He was like an entrepreneur. He's like, hey, my wife sells this beauty and skincare stuff alongside a real job. I'm like, yeah, me, I need that. What is that? So I go to a meeting with her at a hotel and I'm like, holy cow, these women, this lady's made like a million dollars. This one's making six figures. This one's earning a free car tonight. This is bananas. I'm signing up. So I sign up, even though my mom definitely believes it's a scam. (laughs) She's like, it's definitely a scam. I'm like, it's fine, mom. I'm going to try it. So I sign up for the scam and that turns out it's not a scam. And, but when I signed up, I was 23 and a little bit introverted. And they were like, you're going to build a business by walking up to strangers and parking lots. This was 2002 right? You're going to no text message, no Facebook. I'm like, I'm going to walk up to, I'm sorry, strangers. <laughs> well, that's like horrifying. <laughs> so I didn't do it for the next six years. I had ordered $3,000 of inventory. We stocked inventory and I sat on that inventory for six years and did nothing with my business. So that's how my first six years started. And so whenever someone's stuck, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I was literally stuck for six years, thought about my business every day, prayed about my business every day, laminated ideas every day. And I did it for six solid years, which is like not effective 
if anyone's wondering, don't do that. And then at 29, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so fed up with corporate America. I don't want to do this anymore. I need a change. And so I found a mentor who worked for the same company. And I'm like, hi, this might sound crazy, but I've been with the company for six years. I haven't done a thing, but I really want to make it work. She's like, okay, come to our training. So I go now, to her training. Did you put a lot of effort in at that point or you were just kind of dabbling in it? No, because I didn't want to talk to people. So yeah, like, yeah. I'm an introvert. I was like, I cannot build this. If I have to talk to people, I cannot do this. So I was mm-hmm. not doing it, but I thought about it every day. I like would put business cards in my pocket. I was going to bring them out while I was out selling farmer and I was going to do it, but then I would get scared. I did this all day. It was terrible. And so I met this mentor and she was a shy introvert. She suffered from social anxiety and she was driving the top level company car and she was super successful. And I looked at her and while she was doing this little training in front of 10 of us at her house, this first meeting I went to, she had a red rash that formed on her neck because she was nervous. And I looked at her and I'm like, huh. And one of the big statements she said at that meeting was successful women feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I just did not know that. Like at 29, that was the first time I heard that. I thought successful women just were born in a wealthy family, had a ton of confidence and just like were really lucky. (laughs) I didn't realize I could like create it. And so she showed me what to do. And six months after meeting her with this new belief system, literally, I changed my thinking. That was it. Changed Mm -hmm. my thinking. And I heard a quote at the same time from Tony Robbins that was just like, it's the one where he's really intense and he's talking about, you haven't burned the bridge. You need to be on an island. There's no other option. You burned all your other options. So I said, you know what? For six months, I'm going to burn all my other options. I'm going all in with this. And if it doesn't work after six months, it wasn't meant to be. And I truly believe for anybody that gives six months to like everything for six months to your business, like you give up hanging out with friends, you give up all the extras, you work your business for six months, like a loony toot. Like I was loony. I was messaging everyone. I was crazy. But six months later, I was driving a free company car. I was a top 1% income earner. I went from a team of zero to a team of 50. I went from no customers to 300 customers. And at that point, I was making enough of an income to replace my corporate income. And I was like, game on. We're going to do this. We are going to do this forever. And I feel like at that point, like I had, now I knew how to do it. I was like, okay, now I just got to show other people what I just did, which wasn't all that hard. I'm like, just message this. And we were using text. We so what was it? I mean, what was the big shift for you as an introvert to make that happen? I was fed up enough with my corporate job. And I knew that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom one day. And I was like, I need to make a change. And so... So that was the mindset part, right? Which is everything we know. But was there a how-to piece that you changed? Was there some form of execution? Or would have that mindset fixed it even the old way you went about it? Did it change how you went to the market? Yeah, I'm an introvert. And still to this day, I can talk at like a social setting or whatever, but I don't like going up to a stranger. I don't like the idea of that. So I was like, if I can figure out how to build this without walking up to strangers, game on. And so we figured out we could put little jars around town, enter to win a free pampering session is how we did it. We put jars around town and people would enter to win. And then we'd call them, let them know they want a package for them and up to 10 friends. And we talked to them on the phone. But at that point, they were like excited. They were like a warm lead. It wasn't like calling a stranger. Right, right. And I was also like, I was okay to call you if you told me it was okay to call you. I was scared. So I would text first, hey, congratulations, you entered to win at Salad Craze and Avon. You won a pampering package for you and up to 10 friends. When's a good time to call you to go over the details? They would say, call me at 5 p.m. Awesome, I'll call you then. Call. Now, right, they're expecting the call. So is it a good time still? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, awesome. Let me go over what it is that you won. And we'd walk through. We took just a standard party. We were a home party company, which I did home parties and I also did online. But initially, it was all home parties. But we took just a standard home party. We turned it from a boring, do you want to host a party? Which is a question I never asked. 
turned it from that into, hey, you won this experience with all your... And hey, we do sell the products too. If you fall in love, you're welcome to take stuff home, but there's no obligation. Shifted the whole mindset. It went from an experience to I won and I'm having an experience and I get to invite 10 friends. And as long as you execute on the value really well, they felt like a winner. Yeah. We brought a crown. We brought a boa. We brought a fruit plate or a chocolate plate. We just changed a few little things. But this presentation, the standard presentation became a cool experience with a discounted price sheet, just a little bit of discounts on it. And we sold like crazy. Just a really great way to meet people without approaching strangers. And are you leveraging that in the video and digital world today, that same concept or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So like, obviously with COVID hitting, right, the world changed and you had to use digital. But prior to that, in 2019, I hosted my first digital party and we recruited 20 people in 45 minutes and we sold $20,000, 45 minutes. And I was like, why are we all not doing this? And I was doing it a little bit before everyone else. They're like, that doesn't seem legal. And I'm like, no, we just invited people to a group. (laughs) We invited all our people. They came We watched the same presentation I do in person. But because it was online, I could do it for more than 10 people. I could do it for 100 or 200 or 300. I'm like, this is brilliant, you guys. We should all be doing this. They're like, that seems wrong. Like, it's awesome, actually. (laughs) So I remember having those conversations initially. But like, yes, you can take your same presentation And instead of hosting, people want to host little parties. I'm like, put all the parties together into one presentation on a Thursday night at 8 p.m. and bring everybody together. So tell me this. How did you then when you finish that presentation and you're let's say you're doing it, you're laying it all out. Everybody's super excited. How do you avoid the get back to the person that invited you? Yeah. So we wanted them to get back to the person. Are you saying, how do we bring that up? Yeah. I mean, because in a perfect digital world, you would say buy now, but obviously the problem in network marketing is different distributors, reps brought new guests and you can't click buy now. Is there anything way around that or you still have to send them back? Yeah. So it was a bit manual at that point. So after the presentation, hey, your rep that invited you today will be following back up with you. There's a feedback form for you to fill out. Give us feedback on the products that you use today because we had sent them samples. Give us feedback on the products you've used. And also, if any of you were interested in getting started, joining our team, they'll be going over that with you too. But when they filled out that feedback form, that hit my home office so that I could kind of see. And I'd follow up with my reps. Hey, did you follow up with Heather? She filled out her form. Hey, she wanted to join. Where are we at with everybody? Yeah. So it kind of was cool because you could track what was going on and also follow up. And they'd be like, oh, I didn't know she filled it out. I'm like, yeah, it just came through. It's awesome. So individually followed up. Yeah. And the different sale, like I would say, when you do a home party, you close a deal right then. When you do an online party, you close a deal within the week. It's a bit of a delay because after the presentation, they check out and they go back to their family. So now you could find them. You would like get their time again. Right. So yeah. And are you getting back to, and ultimately, I mean, do you want to be at a live event if possible? Or have you found that the mix is the very best thing? So I really thought that it was just, it's infinitely easier to host a virtual event. Infinitely easier, right? I had to pack up my car. I had to drive to the event. I mean, it was three hours out of my night versus- some people don't show and then there's- Yeah. So like- I mean, just online, it is where it's at. So you're an expert in video. Talk to us a minute about the video side for the average company. Now, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are leaders in the industry or they're from a corporate perspective. How do you execute on video, especially from a personal, like teaching distributors to leverage video? How do leaders execute on that? How can they teach it? And what would you be teaching if you were a leader about video specifically? So 
I first started using video for my team when I got the same question twice. <laughs> like I was like, man, I don't want to answer this twice. I'm going to make a video, right? So I started filming videos and I put them on a cheesy Wix website, UIX.com. Sure, yeah. My little videos on there. And it was like, you need party training, right? It's how do I log into my back office video, right? Because I think ultimately, yeah, you can send them the company videos, but it's best for them to hear from you because then they look to you as their leader. And so I always encouraged reps on my team to make videos for their team, right? So that they saw that person as their leader. What platform were they creating these videos and were they personalized to one person or they were personalized to a group? Yeah, it was just a group training video. So we would film them either on our phone or we would use Loom. And then we would just upload these videos. Sometimes we edit them in iMovie or if you're on a Windows computer, Filmora, F-I-L-M-O-R-A is a great platform. Mm -hmm. Add in some cute things to make them a little more fun. Add a little background music. And then we would load them up to Wix website. Wix takes a Vimeo link or a YouTube link. So we'd first put them on YouTube or Vimeo and then put them on there. So it was a little bit extra steps to get the video up there, but that's how we did it. And then they would provide those, sorry for the detail. I just want to understand, would they be providing those video for recruiting and sales or was it more focused on training of the team? So a little bit of both. So we had a tab that was all for training. So it was like the training hub for the team. And that really allowed my team to go from 50 to like exponentially grow, right? And it was like, I didn't have to train everyone. I was like, it's in the training hub, which was amazing. That was the best move I ever made. But then there was also a tab for opportunity. Are you thinking about joining? You're not sure? Watch this video. And so that video was a compilation of a few different people who had really great stories that we put together and was on that page too. Talk to me about the struggle, right? Which is real with this digital world we live in. It can be so complex for the average person. Like even like, do I record this on Wistia and then I post it to Wix? For the average person, does that slow down your ability, or is it just part of the game today? Does it slow down your ability to create depth and momentum and duplication and speed? When I started, I had a VHS tape, a fax, and a phone. <laughs> like, that's it. I mean, shoot, there wasn't even really email. I had a $500 a month phone bill, but that simplicity did allow for a lot of speed and duplication. Whereas today you get so much complexity through digital. How do you try to balance it? Or do you just say it's the game I'm in and I'm going to identify the leaders and teach them how to use these tools? Yeah, I do remember the month that I kind of took off to like put that website together because it was almost necessary because there was too much needed of me at that point that I said, I need to put this together. But Yeah, it took me offline for probably a month. And I remember my production dropping. Like there was a lot that went down that month. From there, we skyrocketed, right? So there was a little bit of time. And I always like for people that are building a brand or creating videos or creating content for their business, I just say, let your income producing activities happen from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like that's when we're reaching out to people, maybe till 8 p.m. But you're reaching out proactively. Let that be your time to do that. If there's going to be videos, let the video portion, like the editing happen after 9 p.m. Like you're to midnight time so that we're not wasting our daytime to make like little fluffy videos, right? Unless it's a quick 15 minute here and there, and then we're on with it. But don't waste your time because ultimately what matters the most is reaching out to people. Yeah. And so there's almost like, it's almost hard with that super part-time person that says, look, I just want to do this on the side. They don't even know what's possible yet. They haven't created the story in their own mind, but they're saying, I'll work five or 10 hours a week. 
I'm going to make a little money. So the strategy is not really as much for that person as it is the one that's saying, is that correct? That I really want to go build a team and create some leverage. And I'm going to go put some numbers on the board in terms of recruiting. Yeah, I would say that as far as building like a training hub for your team, that's a leader. That's a leader training, right? Mm -hmm. So I made those trainings and then showed my leaders. And then if some of them just used my site the entire time, some of them went and created their own because they wanted to have their own. But that's for leaders to create. I think for someone that's a consultant or a rep who's building, I think good videos to create are just showing like the authentic side of you, just sharing a little bit about your life, a little bit of curiosity about your favorite products. So they're asking you questions. Your best videos are videos where people at the end are saying, what was that? What was that thing you showed? What was that product? Right? They were creating curiosity with all the content that we're putting out there. When you're posting to social or you're coaching people to post to social with whatever their products, services, are you leaning more towards the opportunity or are you leaning more towards the product? And then even within that, does it tend to just be fun, light kind of information or education versus product offering, et cetera? Yeah, I think it really depends on the person. So I have a lot of different students who are part of my branding training and some of them, they sell a beauty product. They want to be a beauty influencer. Some of them are nail girls. They want to be the nail girl. I sold a beauty product. I did not want I'm not a beauty influencer. Like I don't get excited about putting on different makeup every day. I've just never been. So I just like the business side of it, right? I really like to talk like making money from home. And I like to share my strategies. Yeah, Yeah, like I like strategy. And so I started my YouTube channel. I was like, I'm just going to show network marketers what I'm doing. And what I didn't realize about that strategy was there's something really brilliant about this. And for anybody who's a network marketer, it's like, how do we get more network marketers on my team? I'm like, have you ever thought about being a network marketing trainer? Who's watching you? People who are struggling in network marketing, right? Who's watching you for all these years? And then they're building a relationship with you. They're getting to know you. And eventually their company goes under or their company is stupid or they decide they want to be part of your team. And so what ended up happening is people that were out of the industry for maybe two years who had been watching me were like, I'm thinking of coming back in and I like you. I'd like to join your team. So I thought that was interesting that I got a lot of people just starting to ask to join my team from my YouTube channel, which was never my intention. My intention was I just like making videos and I like helping people. And they were so nice. They're like, this is helpful. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, that's literally why I started my YouTube channel. And the outcome was, yeah, it was just how life rewards purpose. Just find a way to serve and create value. And it's amazing how it tends to come back around. Yep. It's just that. Like, it's a little bit mind blowing. I just believe God blesses efforts. So you put effort out there. You do good in the world. You serve people. You love on them. You help them as much as you can. Ah, something really awesome will happen. And so awesome things started to happen and doors opened and it's pretty crazy. That is fun. That is awesome. So tell us a little bit as we work towards a close here, who is your ideal? Who are you coaching primarily today that really benefits that you see when they engage in your content? It just has a massive impact. Yeah. So I help women in network marketing mostly, although I did have a guy message me yesterday. He's like, is it okay if I come in? Because seems like a lot of women in there. <laughs> I'm like, yes, guys can come in too, but my world's very pink and very unicorny. So I might send you a unicorn horn in the mail or something. But yeah, it's, so it's mostly women in network marketing who are looking to, some of them are just building in person and they want some in-person strategies. Some of them are building online and some of them want to start using video and they want to build a brand. And that's, I left the industry network marketing. I left in 2019 and started an online brand that shows people how to have success as in network marketing and by building an online brand. And so that's who I train now is a bit of a mix. 
but mostly marketers. Yeah. And how do they reach you? If they want to reach you directly, Michelle, how do they get in touch with you? So my website is michellecunningham.com. Tons of freebies there, tons of cool things you can get. And my YouTube channel is, if you just go to YouTube and look up Michelle Cunningham, it'll pop up and you'll find it. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, it has been super exciting to have you. Any closing thoughts for aspiring entrepreneurs and that really want to succeed in networking? Yeah, I think the one thing that really changed everything for me was this thought that I heard at a training one time. There was a big speaker on stage and she said, just remember this very one thing, what other people think about you is none of your business. And I just think it's a good reminder for all of us. Sometimes we're scared to hit record or we're scared to reach out to that person. We're scared to do this thing. Ultimately, who cares? What other people think about you is none of your business. Go for it. You only live once. Yeah. I love that. It's just, and it's one of those things, you're a parent too. And we're always trying to communicate to your kids in this crazy day and age we live in where comparison's the thief of joy. There's all this social media and people get into the comparison game instead of just looking in the mirror and saying, I'm going to do the right thing every single day. I'm going to create value. I'm going to live a life of purpose. And that's exactly what you've done. And it's really come back around. It's exciting to see the level of success you've had. Ah, thanks. Yeah, such a blessing. Such a blessing. Great having you on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream with Patrick Shaw. For more insights on building a solid networking business, visit our website at rapidfunnel.com slash MLM. If you loved our content, please share, like, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.